answers to life's questions. Here now is your host for tonight's edition of Transforming Lives. Well, welcome once again to Transforming Lives, a biblical call-in, uh, counseling call-in program that's designed to help you apply the Bible to life's problems. Now, this program is the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Institute, which is located in Garrettsville, Ohio. And we're coming to you from the WHKW Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. My name is Armin Tiffey, the pastor of Cornerstone Community Church in Mayfield Heights, Ohio. And I'm joined here tonight uh, by a forum of three other pastors, Joe Propri, who was longtime pastor and now full-time director of the Biblical Counseling Institute, Glenn Dunn, pastor of Cornerstone Bible Church, Gus Supan of Cuyahoga Valley Community Church, and also a pastor's wife is here. My pa- my my wife, uh, actually, <laughs> my wife Kathy <laughs> Tiffy. I'm glad that you're all able to uh, be here tonight. Uh, we have a full panel, and for the next hour, we're going to discuss God's role for husbands, God's role for husbands in the marriage relationship. And as always, our phone lines are are open, and uh, so if you have a question or if you have a comment, testimony even, uh, that uh, has to do with our topic of God's role for husbands, I ask you to please feel free to call in. Uh, The number here locally is 216-901-0933, or you can call toll-free at 888-677-9673. Three. Also, I'd like to say that uh, if you know of someone that you believe can benefit from this topic on God's role for husbands, I'd ask you to give them a call right now and tell them to tune in to 1220 AM WHKW. Now, guys. Don't forget the program is also being simulcast at 1440 AM radio in the Warren Niles, Sharon, PA area. Thank you, Joe. Now, guys, uh, I want to begin this topic with a story. It's kind of a cute little story. It's about a four-year-old girl named Susie. You know, she was told the story of Snow White for the very first time at her uh, preschool class. Now, she could hardly wait to get home uh, to tell her mother about it. And so she gets home, and with wide-eyed excitement, she retold that fairy tale to her mother. And then uh, she said, after relating how Prince Charming came and... uh, arrived on the white horse and kissed Snow White back to life, little Susie asked loudly, And do you know what happened? And the mother said, Yes, I know, honey. Uh, They lived happily ever after. And she says, No, with a frown, they got married. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in childlike innocence, that little girl, she spoke an in-depth truth without realizing it, didn't she? Yes, he did. In yeah. other words, getting married and living happily ever after are not necessarily synonymous. Isn't that's that true? true? That's yeah. true. In fact, a, a major problem in marriage is that uh, couples have departed, departed from God's original design. God has given complementary roles to the husband and to the wife. And when a husband and wife understand and fulfill their role in marriage, oneness is going to be promoted. And that's what people want in marriage. They want oneness. They want unity. They want intimacy. Now, last week, we took a look at God's role for wives 
And tonight we want to give equal time to God's role for, for husbands. Last week we saw that the wife's role can be described by three key terms in the Bible. Helper, submission, and respect. And now tonight we're going to see that the husband's role can be described by three key phrases. And these phrases, which I'll be uh, mentioning throughout the course of our hour together, are these. Be your wife's leader, be your wife's lover, and be a learner of your, lo- of your wife. And what I'd like to do is kind of uh, for us to expound as a panel on these uh, three phrases for the next hour. So first of all, guys, let's consider that first phrase. Be your wife's leader. Be your wife's leader. Now, as you know, every organization has a leader, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Every group has a leader, don't they? Yes. There's always leaders, and then there's those who follow, right? Mm-hmm. We can't all be leaders, can we? Mm-hmm. There has to be, and we can't all be followers. Somebody has to be a leader, right? That's mm-hmm. right. And every family has a leader. Isn't that true? Yes. And God has ordained that that should be who? The husband. husband. We read in uh, Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians, and uh, chapter 5, and verse 23. The Apostle Paul writes, and he's a directive to husbands, and says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and his himself, its Savior speaks of headship, and headship just simply means leadership. Husband is to take leadership. And when we think of headship, quite often what comes to mind for some people is uh, giving orders, bossing people around, being self-serving, and so on. Isn't that true? So I think that it probably would be wise for us to, to maybe we should begin by considering uh, uh, what, clarifying, uh, what headship does not mean? What headship does not mean? What would you, uh, uh, guys, and even my wife, if you'd want to chime in, what would you uh, say are some of the wrong understanding by some husbands on headship? One of the first ones, Armin, is the, uh, the man who believes that leadership is primarily a, a domination kind of a style where all he's got to do is bark out rules and lay out expectations and everybody has to snap to as though he's a sergeant in the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. or something like that. (laughs) Right. uh, Along with the same thing, it's having a a demanding attitude in in, uh, the way he goes about uh, uh, leading his wife. It's it's not just always uh, something in words, but... Uh, he's letting her know that I'm I'm running this show and and you better fall in line with uh, with the way I'm I'm thinking and what I'm doing here. Almost like an obsessive control right. of some type. M- many times when a couple will come for counseling to me at least, and if if the uh, husband is uh, at the outset saying you know his his wife has a problem with submission and if she'd only get it together right. she could only yes. submit and right. so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, then then we'd have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. At, and generally, and, and I've said this to our folks in our church, the red flags that I have go up about him, not not about her. Right. And um, that is because it seems to me he likely is the guy that has the wrong idea about what the Bible is speaking about in the matters of headship. And just, if we could say this too at the outset, in a day when um, the world is trying to redefine marriage, 
and change the rules, mm-hmm. modify, um, you know, who knows the social engineering that are, that is going on in in this sphere of, of this God-ordained relationship. Who knows what's going to happen to our children mm. in the matters of marriage. I just say at the outset to encourage folks, it is great to know that if marriage has a design, it has a designer. Amen. 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 And, and God, has ha- God has designed marriage. And so the, we're not making up these issues or these roles. And it's great to, for a husband to know that there's a role that you can have in, in having a godly marriage. Let's just add to that, Glenn, that we should make sure that we have the same definitions for the terms of these roles and their responsibilities that God has, because That's right. those are being redefined also. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and we'll take a closer look at that the definition, or we can say there's a model for it as well. Gus, you had well, something you to add? the question, what is not? Uh, some of us here are of an age where we remember the television uh, comedy of uh, The Honeymooners <laughs> with Jackie Gleason and Audrey Meadows, where Jackie Gleason being the taxi cab driver comes in and he's uh, bellowing out in an argument with Audrey Meadows that I'm boss and you're nothing. I'm boss and you're nothing. And she backs off and says, "Big deal. You're boss of nothing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that show. I never heard of that show. Yes, it was a good one. Yeah, it must be an old show. <laughs> you know, uh, we can go on with that. What headship is not, but maybe you'd probably be more insightful uh, to discuss what headship actually means. Uh, because, uh, as uh, Joe uh, so wisely said, uh, how do we define it? Uh, we have to have the proper definition. We have to have God's definition, biblical understanding of it. And headship as actually defined in this verse, isn't it? Yes. There is a model. What, what is that model? Well, the model clearly is Christ himself. That's right. Christ is the head of the church. He leads the church. And, um, and so... If we're going to be leaders as men, we certainly must focus our sights on Christ and assess just how he leads the church and uh, do our best to copy that by the power of the Spirit. Amen. And one thing I'd like to add to that, Joe, when uh, I teach men this, is uh, talk to husbands about this, when it says Christ being the model, more specifically, it's Christ as who? As Savior. Because it says it states in this verse, husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is himself its savior. The Apostle Paul speaks of Christ as Savior. And I think that speaks to something here. It does. Yes. Mm-hmm. As Savior. Uh, in fact, Jesus Christ defined leadership in Matthew chapter twenty. <clears throat> when uh, he gave the world's definition of it, and he said and the world's definition is lording it over one another. And he says, that's not how it should be amongst you, does he? He says, not amongst you, but amongst you, what he's talking about is a servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And he even gives the model of him, at Christ, as Savior. Just as Christ did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So there you again, you see this leadership of Christ as Savior. I like the. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but first we have to take a, a short two-minute break, and uh, we want you to listen. There's some uh, resources uh, that uh, you, I think that you will find very helpful uh, for you. And again, uh, feel free any that would like to call in, uh, if any topics or comments or even a testimony, you can call in locally at two one six nine zero one zero nine three three or toll free at triple eight six seven seven. 
888-888-9673. We'll be right back. As our parents are aging, do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care. So I was having my coffee the other day and I wondered, what's so special about Cornerstone Bible Fellowship? Is it the family-like environment, the Christian development classes geared for all ages, or the fact that Cornerstone Bible Fellowship believes both in the inerrancy and the sufficiency of the Bible? Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is committed to preaching, teaching, and counseling from God's Word. I've heard testimonies of how the biblical counseling ministry of our church helped my friend with her panic attacks, helped one believer with his anger and another who struggled with worry, all by giving them solid biblical principles to help them defeat these sins in their lives. It's amazing. At Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, I'm learning that I have everything I need to live a life of victory and godliness. It's my prayer that we will reach even more people with the good news that the Bible is sufficient to meet our greatest needs. Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is currently meeting at Remington College at Great Northern. For more information, call 440-617-0002 or visit us on the web at cbfministry.org. Welcome back to Transforming Lives. We're discussing the topic of God's role for husbands in the marriage relationship. And that role, we're stating, can be understood by three key phrases that are implied in Scripture. Be your wife's leader, be your wife's lover, and be a learner of your wife. We began the discussion of leader, be your wife's leader, and we're in, uh, uh, where it's stated in Ephesians chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul writes, uh, husbands, uh, where the Apostle Paul says, Hus- the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is himself its <coughs> Savior. And I was discussing with our panel of pastors and my wife, a pastor's wife, uh, that uh, what it means, the implications are of this model as Christ as Savior. He is the model. What does it say to the husband, guys? What does it say to the husband? What uh, how is the husband, how does this, uh, 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 what does this mean to the husband? How does he exercise his headship? I think the first thing that it says is that the husband is not to be selfish mm-hmm. in the matter of his leadership. His concern is not first and, and foremost uh, of himself. You know, oftentimes we talk about the matters, you, you did it last week in your um, program, Addressed to the Wives, um, which was an excellent forum last Sunday night. Oftentimes we speak of, of uh, submission as being the most difficult thing in the marriage, and I think it's, it's uh, and I know I'm not coming from the woman's perspective, but I think that the, the bigger charge and the bigger responsibility for the man 
is that he is to be like Christ in the matter of his leadership. Mm-hmm. That's quite a charge for right, us as men. Right, and right. so the first thing that we see is that we are not, if we're going to model ourselves after Christ, we're not going to be selfish. And in other words, the husband should be the family's biggest servant. And that's I, I, not the way we think of Mary. We think that the wife is the family's biggest servant, but it really should be the husband. That's right. Good point. I, I think it's, uh, we're making an assumption here. We're making an assumption that uh, our listening audience knows how Christ led the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, we have to look at Christ as the example. How did he lead the church? Mm-hmm. How did he lead it? Was he self-serving? Yeah. No. No. You know, he was sa- sacrificial. In fact, right. he laid down his life for it yeah. in the ultimate end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's something I think that, that's important is that so many people, like myself, came to a marriage not learning any of this, not knowing what my role is what, as, as a husband. And so we find out in the counseling room that what we're doing is trying to teach and train people now that they're 40, 30, 50 years old, what it means, what, what God's expectations are, and what, how Christ did lead to so show them how they're... It's like the caller who said last week, no one, he grew up in the church and no one taught him this. Yeah. He didn't hear right, this he before. Never heard, right, exactly. And I think that that is a shame laid at the foot of the pulpit. Well, not so much that he didn't hear this uh, about the husbands and wives' roles, but it's not being communicated in the pulpit, yeah. is what he was saying. Right. And then they may, they, they may not have been there mm-hmm. to or, hear it. <laughs> and the whole issue feeds mm-hmm. quite easily into our natural bent in the sinful nature to mm-hmm. be self-centered mm-hmm. and selfish, mm-hmm. where when, when a wife is commanded to be submitted, that goes against that, that grain, but for a man to lead... Uh, it's it's something that's easy for him to just say, well, I'm the boss then, mm-hmm. and I can make the mm-hmm. decisions. And that the self self centered selfish nature just can run with the grain of that right. in the wrong, completely wrong way. Right. And to Gus's point, Christ loved the church, mm-hmm. and that was seen in that he gave himself up right. for her. He was the King of Kings, right? Right. He is the Lord of Lords, and yet he had. All the authority in heaven and earth, didn't he? He said, but but yet he didn't use it selfishly, did he? No. He came as a servant. Why? He had the best interests of others in mind. He died for the sake of his bride, the church, didn't he? So Christ as Savior is is a model. It's a model, and that means that uh, as your wife's leader, her best interests, her best welfare, that's what should be in mind. Just as Gus was saying, how do we? How did Christ love the church? That's deep when we think about that. That's it's overwhelming deep. and it's fascinating yeah. because, yeah. as you say, uh, Christ deserved um, to receive worship and adoration as soon as he hit the ground running. You might say, even as a baby, uh, you know, uh, the Magi came, and we're talking about that coming up in the near future. But um, <clears throat> he he deserved. To be waited on hand and foot, never even having to, to ask anyone to do something. They should be, mm-hmm. as it was in heaven, and I'm sure it still is in heaven, the, the, the angels exist to serve God right. and at his beck and call in, in any, any second. And that's what Jesus deserved. But he, in an amazing way, laid down all of that and followed Philippians 2, for example, mm-hmm. which says, consider other mm-hmm. interests more important than your own. Amen. And that's what... That is, that is so hard for us husbands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's totally against what we want to do, and it's totally against our concept of leading. Right, mm-hmm. right. How do you lead when when you 
empty yourself of any interest mm-hmm. uh, for yourself, and right, every decision right. is based upon what's best for your wife and your children. All right, I'm 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 the head wife. I'm the leader. You serve yeah. me. No, it's mm-hmm. actually the difference. It's right. act- headship is a responsibility to serve your yeah. wife. Christ yeah. as Savior model. Yeah, let, this, let it, this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But what did he do? He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And that is how our Bibles tell us that we're supposed to love our wives. You know, one one year, many years ago, when I was studying this, uh, not necessarily to teach anybody, it was before I was pastoring, I was just trying to learn what the Bible said for me as a husband and I began to meditate on this very verse we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was driving home from work. I used to work for a living, you know. And uh, <laughs> I was coming home from the factory. And uh, in my car, I'm talking to the Lord about Jesus who gave himself up for her, meditating on that phrase. And it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart and saying, you know, Joe, when you go home on your way right now, you're not really going home to be the king of the castle where everybody waits on you. Mm-hmm. You're to go home to be the servant of everybody mm. there, including your wife and your children. Right. You go home with the mentality that your job is not over now. It's just beginning in mm-hmm. one sense. Mm-hmm. And and then these words came to my heart. When you leave, when you punch the clock and you leave the factory, you are driving home to Calvary. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean that in a negative way, but it was it was like you are you when you pull out out of the car and you go into the house, you think of it as climbing up on the cross and dying to yourself. You're not going to pay for the sins of the world, mm-hmm. but you're going to die to right. yourself, right? And then live and exist for mm-hmm. your wife and your children. That helped me tremendously. Amen. I want to I want to move on to the uh, next. Uh, uh, phrase, uh, but before I do, I wanted to give uh, let my wife chime in a little bit because I know she's. I'm sure she has some things to, she's to been, share. She's been submissive and, uh, for at least ten minutes, <laughs> honey. How, how, uh, honey, how can you? How can a wife help her husband exercise his role? Well, I'm I'm glad you asked that because you know, <laughs> so often as a wife we can hinder our husband's leadership and. And um, just hearing you men talk, you can. I hope our listeners can are grasping the the weight of this responsibility that Scripture is calling our husbands to. Yes. What type of a leader the Lord is calling our husbands mm-hmm. to be? So I think we need to learn to, as wives, encourage uh, our husbands in this role of being a leader. Uh, we need to be praying for our husbands consistently for God to give them wisdom and in leading the family and to pray. uh, We need to pray for ourselves as wives and ask God to make us sensitive to the times that we're, we're tempted Mm -hmm. to take the lead. And, uh, and I think um, one important uh, suggestion would be to, because we so much want to, are tempted to want to take the lead. I think what we have to need to what we need to remember is that we need to uh, know how to draw draw our husbands into making into decisions that have to be made instead of just move, uh, moving ahead mm-hmm. and making them mm-hmm. on our own. Right. Um, if it's something that has to do with the kids, 
for example. We need to draw our husbands in by first asking them, for example, honey, you know, I need to talk to you about something that's going on with Susie. Can you let me know when would be Mm -hmm. a good time to talk about Mm -hmm. it together? Mm -hmm. So you want to kind of draw, draw him in and give him information and even give him your input, but don't press him to decide your way. And and I think what's important to remember when we're talking about the roles is that a husband and wife should view themselves as working as a team with the same goal in mind. It's not, I'm the boss, you submit. But how we need to view this is, is we're a team. That's right. We need to work together mm-hmm. towards the same mm-hmm. goal. Mm-hmm. You're on the same team now, right? Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that uh, woman's per- perspective on how a wife can help a husband fulfill his role. So I guess in, to sum up uh, this first uh, phrase, be your wife's leader, we can say uh, that headship, it's a headship that ministers to his wife. It's, it's not a headship that lives for itself. It's a headship that's designed by God to bless and to benefit the wife. And uh, all of us as husbands, we have the model for headship, and that's Christ as Savior. And that's the first key phrase that describes uh, our role as husbands. The second key phrase <clears throat> would be, be your wife's lover. I want to spend a little more little time on this one, be your wife's lover. Uh, the, husband, the husband's headship is to be exercised in love. It uh, states, the Apostle Paul goes on to write in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, he says, Husband, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that divine directive is just really simply stated. Husbands, love your wives. And uh, again, we have that model, don't we? We have that model. What is that model? The Father. It's Jesus Christ again. And once again, it's Christ as Savior. It's Christ as Savior. Uh, he says, and gave himself up for her, for the church. And uh, the Lord's uh, example of love uh, for his church is to be the example of a husband's pattern of love for his wife. And uh, when we come back from this short two-minute break, we're going to talk about what does that love look like? How can it be manifest? How can it manif- a husband manifest it in his relationship with his wife? And once again, I'd like to invite you to call any that have a comment, testimony, or a question on this topic. Feel free to call in at 216-901-0933 or toll free at 888-677-9673. The Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville. We can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. 
For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. As our parents are aging, do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you, folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care. Welcome back to Transforming Lives. We're discussing the topic, God's role for husbands in the marriage relationships. And that role can be understood by three key phrases that are implied in Scripture. And those phrases are, be your wife's leader, be your wife's lover, and be a learner of your wife. Uh, And I'd like to also, once again, mention that this is a call-in program, so feel free to call in if you have a testimony as a husband. Uh, or uh, even a wife can call in as a testimony. And um, maybe you have a comment. Maybe you have a question that has to do with this topic. We'd encourage you to call in locally at 216-901-0933 or toll-free at 888-677-9673. Well, we're on uh, with our panel here of pastors and my wife, uh, pastor's wife, and... um, we're uh, on the second key phrase, uh, the uh, be your wife's lover, be your wife's lover. And what we stated is that the headship of the husband, which is actually a servant leadership, is to be exercised in love according uh, to the scriptures. And uh, what I would like for our panel to discuss is uh, how this kind of love manifests itself in a relationship. How can a husband follow Christ's example of the way he loved the church. How does Christ love the church? Gus? Christ loved the church. Uh, I, I took in some time to, to, to research these, and there are nine different ways in which I, I saw this. I won't give them all. I'll just mm. kick it off with some. He initiated love first. Mm. Uh, he, he's, uh, he says we love because he first loved first. Mm-hmm. Uh, he endured loving the church. He, he just consistently loved it. He didn't give up. And when we look at, you know, do I initiate love to my wife first? Do I endure? Am I consistent? Do I stay the course or do I, do I wane from it? There, there are many, many others. I'm sure the other mm-hmm. men would mm-hmm. be able to contribute to that. Right. Well, you know, we actually have uh, uh, the scriptures uh, right before us in, in Ephesians chapter 5. The apostle Paul, is, after he gives a directive for husbands to love our, our wives as Christ loved the church, he, he gives us, actually, uh, five, he highlights here for us uh, in Ephesians 5, four aspects of this love. 
four aspects of this love. Mm -hmm. And the first thing uh, we can say about this love in verse 25, uh, that it's a sacrificial love, where, where, where he says, uh, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and what? Gave himself for her. He gave himself for her. So the idea that Paul is trying to get across for us is that Christ's love for the church is a sacrificial love, and that's the kind of love that a husband should have towards his, his wife. Right. Yeah, and he humbled uh, himself right. even to death on the cross. Right. Uh, would you guys uh, be able to give some uh, examples of how a husband could live that out in real life? Joe, you've you've counseled many people through the years since about 1980. Oh, many husbands, you. I'm I'm certain. And uh, you're looking for a personal example. I don't think I've <laughs> ever done that. But uh, <laughs> sorry, I was having a hard time remembering. Um, a sudden hush, hush, all over the crowd. It was a kind of hush all yeah. over the station here. Um, giving yourself up to her, I, I think that kind of relates uh, in many ways to the illustration I gave earlier. Mm-hmm as I would come home then day after day having remembered that insight and recognizing that whatever I felt like doing or wanted to do, for example, one of the patterns that I had for some years was to come home and and just go straight to dining room table, sit down, and look through the mail. I don't know why uh, I was like that. I was enamored by the fact I think one day I realized I was an adult because I was getting mail at my house in my own name. I had this problem, I'll confess to you, that I always wondered when I would feel grown up. And, uh, you know, I'd look around as a kid and I'd see my dad and I'd see other people and uncles and I thought, that's a grown up. And I th- I was wondering when I'd ever get there. <laughs> and no matter how old I was or, or the children I'd have, I'd always feel like I still was a kid. In fact, I still do to some degree. But a mark for me was getting mail. So... For years, I would just run to to sit down and look through the mail, and I began to realize I was doing what I wanted to do, and my wife really wanted some time with me. She'd been Mm -hmm. with the four little kids all day, Mm -hmm. so I knew that one of the things that I could do for my wife was as soon as I come home, come home, give her a big kiss, say hi to the children, and then ask the children to go play nicely because I wanted to give mommy prime time, I would sit down uh, with her and say, how was your day? And I would be available to listen to her and and uh, let her un, unwrap things and talk with me and, and all that sort of thing. And that was one of the first ways I learned to give up myself mm-hmm. for her benefit. That's sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joe. Yes. I think that goes to the point that Dr. Mack makes in, in one of his books and in, in, in the husband trying to follow um, the servant leadership style of Christ. And uh, he says that uh, one of the things that Jesus did, and this hitchhikes on what you've just said, Joe, is what what is called the principle of association. In other words, Jesus spent time with his disciples, and he spent a lot of time. He -hmm. spent great amounts of time uh, with his disciples. He didn't lead by long distance. He didn't lead by telephone. This is something that we as men have to be cautious of today, and and that is to say that one of the ways that we can love our wives Mm -hmm. and one of the ways that we can sacrificially do so is by by and it's not it's not a sacrifice to th- say that we have to spend time with him, but it's a sacrifice to say that we might not be able to take that certain thing or do mm-hmm. that certain thing or mm-hmm. go that place with the guys or whatever it is, because we want to spend some time with our wives. That's we right. need, we need to right. have that kind right. of time, right. and in that we follow uh, the model of Christ, who mm-hmm. spent time mm-hmm. with his disciples. This principle of association with them. Does that mean 
Glenn, that uh, some, some men, maybe not everybody, but some men due to their work schedules and the hours that they work and they only have limited free time may have to say, you know, I, I have to cut back on deer hunting or golfing mm-hmm. or watching mm-hmm. sports or, or whatever because uh, the, the first part of the prime time that I might have available that's with some flexibility should go to my wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd like to move on. Uh, this, uh, this is probably the fastest hour on radio, right? Yes, it is for us. Yes, I don't know about for, for the well, listener. Well, not only is it a sacrificial love, but I think it's another very important one is that we can call it a purifying love. Mm. Uh, the apostle uh, Paul goes on to say that that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of, of the word, that he might present the church to himself splendor without spot or wrinkle, that she might be holy and without blemish. He's talking about Christ as the sanctifier of the church, and this speaks to the husband's role in, as a wife. It should be a, a, a sanctifying love, a sanctifying mm-hmm. love. What, uh, uh, how can a, can a husband uh, express this? How can a husband live this out in a marriage relationship? I think, uh, Armin, one of the key things we share with people in some of our training classes at BCI, Biblical Counseling Institute, especially when we're helping people with marriage issues, mm-hmm is from right right from this passage that a husband to be like Christ here has an incredibly almost impossible apart from the grace of God assignment mm-hmm. in this yes, one yes. Mm-hmm. because you notice the words are carefully uh, saying this that Jesus presents the church to himself without spot wrinkle or blemish by washing her cleansing her which is we would say forgiveness now that means if i'm going to be like Christ to my wife that means I've got to present my wife to myself without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is my wife does not have spot-free living, and neither do I. So I'm quite aware of her faults or failures as she's quite aware of mine. Mm-hmm. And so what will I do? Will I present her to myself regularly in my thinking, mm-hmm. uh, seeing all those faults and reminding myself? Or are I going to prevent, prevent her? Prevent her prevent there? present her to myself without those mm-hmm. things. So a, a man must regularly cleanse his wife, mm-hmm. which means forgiveness mm-hmm. from the heart mm-hmm. and even outward forgiveness if, if there's mm-hmm. repentance and all those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of Colossians 3, where we rarely look when we're looking at parallel passage for husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. We spend most of our time in Ephesians because there's mm-hmm. so much more text. But listen to the one verse on husbands in Colossians 3. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Mm-hmm. So in, in all that Paul says to Colossians about husbands, he emphasizes this. Don't you dare get a bitter attitude. How do men get bitter against their wife? They keep remembering their wife's faults. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're not to do that. We're to mm-hmm. cleanse them. We're to hold them mm-hmm. pure in mm-hmm. our own minds, mm-hmm. even if there's a lot of work to be done in their life. Mm-hmm. Because yep. let's, let's face it, don't we have a lot of work yet to do? Right. But Jesus sees us. Mm-hmm. He knows our faults, mm-hmm. but he doesn't keep rehearsing them to himself. He sees mm-hmm. the finished mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. And that, that introduces the element of faith. If you're going to live your marriage successfully, you've got to be able to see your spouse through the eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. Right, let me interject with something here real quick. Let's, let's, let's just re- do this real quick. When it talks about a sanctifying love uh, that a husband should have as, uh, because Christ is the model for the husband, sanctifying, I would think the opposite of sanctifying would be defiling. Mm. How, how, no, how do husbands defile their wives Ooh. and actually... Oh. Mm. Oh. Go against this kind. Of, how, what are some? What are some? Brief, briefly, what are some oh, ways speech. that speech? Put, they put them down. Have them lie for they, them. They put. Uh, right. They they uh, 
joke about them. Mm-hmm. They, they talk to other people in a demeaning way about right. them. Embarrass them in public. What yep. about the way the things that they maybe allow to be uh, put on the TV and mm-hmm. watch at night? Certain movies they, they subject them to. Yes. Yeah, very good. What about in the whole area of sexual activity? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the requests right. that men make mm-hmm. of their wives because of past experiences right. or mm-hmm. because of watching pornography right. can be quite defiling and demeaning. Right, yes. or in, in, indecent uh, images and so on. So I guess we could say a purifying love in a nutshell. Would uh, The husband is to function in the home as kind of like as a priest, right? Exactly. Kind of like as a spiritual leader, right? Exactly. But then he goes on to stating that this love is also to be a nourishing and a cherishing love, mm-hmm. as the apostle goes on in verse 29, and, he, and, and uh, verse 28, and so uh, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He says, uh, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. he nourishes and cherishes mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. as Christ does the church. I like the scripture in Isaiah 43, 4, uh, Armin, that's the, that says, you are precious in my eyes. Mm-hmm. If we can have that, that mindset mm-hmm. of, and, and tell her that. Because mm-hmm. Jesus told us right. he loved us. Right. That she's precious mm-hmm. in my eyes. Give, give me a synonym of nourish. Give me a synonym. Cherish. Nourish. Of nourish. Teach. Nourish. Teach. Mm-hmm. Feed. <clears throat> nourish, right? yeah. I was yes. going to say, let's think agriculturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's It's... Providing everything necessary in an environment for the plant mm-hmm, or the product to mm-hmm, gl- grow mm-hmm. and blossom and bloom into all, all right. that it was designed mm-hmm. to. And Amen. so a man needs to provide that environment for Amen. his wife that she blossoms. Excellent. How about Cherish? Give me a quick synonym. Love. Warmth. Value. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break here. I didn't uh, know we were going to have a quiz on this. <laughs> <laughs> right, before, you, before you take this yes, break, I have yes. one statement about this. I'd like to, I'd like to sure. put, put a quotation mark on this. If I don't love Phyllis as much as Jesus loves the church, I don't love Jesus enough. Amen. That's good. That Amen. is that uh, is a very painful, That's a challenge. but challenging statement. We need to take a break here. And once again, we want to give you the phone number. Any of you who'd like to call in and ask any questions on this topic, make a comment, or if you have a testimony, you can call locally here in the Cleveland area at 216-901-0933 or out of the Cleveland area, toll-free, 888 888- Six seven seven nine six seven three. We'll be right back in two minutes. Good, good job. Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville. We can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. Do you desire to become more Christ-like? 
I want to make you aware of a unique resource every Christian should have who wants to grow in Christ-like character. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey is a handbook for putting off sin and putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ and will help you identify personal habits and tendencies that are hindering your walk with the Lord. This valuable biblical resource will not only help you identify where personal change is needed in your life, but will also explain how to put off old sinful habits and replace them with new godly behaviors. For more information about this wonderful resource, log on to transformedintohislikeness.com. That's transformedintohislikeness.com. If you'd like to order a copy, call 1-800-656-0231 or ask for it at your local bookstore. Transformed Into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey. Welcome back to Transforming Lives. We're discussing a topic, the topic, God's role for husbands in the marriage relationship. And we're stating that that role can be understood by three key phrases that are implied in Scripture. Be your wife's leader, be your wife's lover, and then the third one is be a learner of your wife. And in the little few minutes that we have uh, remaining, we'd like to talk a little bit uh, about that. 1 Peter chapter 3 in verse 7, states, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, guys, uh, Peter gives husbands some tips here, I think, uh, concerning how God wants a husband to think of his wife and how God wants a husband to treat his wife. What do you see in, the, in, in this particular verse uh, that husbands are to do? Well, it says we're to treat them in an understanding way. Yes. And boy, that's a load. I've taken the time in studying Scripture to look at uh, as many ways in the Bible <laughs> that I could find in which I have to treat my wife in an understanding way. And I fi- found a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. I typed them out, and uh, I presented them to our senior pastor, and he says, I don't want to see that. <laughs> and he was joking. In other words, he says, I don't want to be held accountable uh-huh. to, to, to what God is expecting. Right. And that's kind of scary. Sometimes huh. in the counseling uh, cycle, I give these to, to men, and I say, here, check these off, and let's look at whether or not you are, you are doing these, mm-hmm. because this is a tough thing to do. All right. All right. I give out uh, to uh, when we... On premarital counseling, I give a list of 50 questions you can ask your wife to get to know her better. Yeah, because there's no manual for her. There's no manual. She right. manual right. didn't come. The manual's right. in her heart. Right. You, you, you know the old, sta- <laughs> old saying that says you just can't understand a woman, but yet God uh, commands you to understand at least one woman, right? Right. Exactly. Your, your right. woman, your exactly. wife. I think that happens, too, again, by this principle of association. Peter says that we're to dwell with them. Right. You're not going to be able to understand them mm-hmm. until you, the prerequisite is dwelling with them. We're back to that issue of spending time mm-hmm. with them and, and being willing to do so. Not just a, a, bed, a, a bed and breakfast uh, marriage then, That's right? right? That's right. Amen. You know what I think is so neat about these roles is that they're complementary and that when each is fulfilling 
the, the their roles, their individual roles, they in a sense complement each other. Mm. You know, when you think about it, a husband's to be his wife's lover and a learner of his wife, and the wife is to be her husband's helper, and she's to respect him. And and so, in in a sense, both husband and wife are sacrificing for each other, as well as nourishing and cher- cherishing each other and learning about each other. And that's how God intended for the roles to be lived out. Right. And that's and that's an exciting picture. Yes, it is. I mean, God had such a beautiful uh, picture in mind of marriage. If we would only submit to the roles that He's given us and learn them, uh, what a blessing it is in a marriage. How often uh, do we hear in the counseling room and then maybe in our own marriage, especially in the earlier days, "You don't understand me," (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. You don't understand me, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, we need to have more time for that kind of discussion, and uh, mm. unfortunately we don't have it. But right. uh, I wanted to remind our listeners that the Biblical Counseling Institute exists to uh, offer training in how to use the Scriptures to help people solve marriage problems, communication issues, conflict issues, and individual personal problems like depression and worry and anxiety, and on and on. So uh Tune into uh, our next week's program and, and listen to what we're going to talk about next week. But also, you can access the website www.bci-ohio.com and just click on the coming schedule uh, marker and find out where we're going to be throughout the month of January for our beginning course. You'll enjoy it. You'll learn a tremendous amount of things and. Uh, God will use you to help other people. Amen. Amen. I highly, highly recommend that training. Uh, You'll be able to be a burden bearer to help people. I want to close by recommending an excellent book for for husbands. It's called The Exemplary Husband. The Exemplary Husband. It's by Stuart Scott. And uh, there's another one for wives. It's called The Excellent Wife. The Excellent Wife. So either either one of these two books for the wife, The Excellent Wife, has been a life-changing book for many women within our church. And the exemplary husband is just loaded uh, with information that will help you to become a better husband. The Excellent Husband by Stuart Scott. Well, unfortunately, our time is gone. And once again, I'd like to say it's been a joy being with you here tonight by way of radio. We'd like to ask you to tune in next Sunday night at 7 p.m. for Transforming Lives. Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. We invite you to visit our website at bci-ohio.com. That's bci-ohio.com. There you will find information about BCI, our resources, course offerings, and available materials. You may also write to the Biblical Counseling Institute, 8146 High Street, Garrettsville, Ohio, 44231. Your prayers and financial gifts for this ministry would be deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening. This program has been sponsored by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. Your love is like the dawn. Forget the